0: for these leaders.
1: <laughs> Do you want this one, Taylor?
0: <laughs> That's great, oh sure, yeah, it's you. Asking if you Okay, won. okay, bye. So, are we ready guys? Now that we're sitting, um, I'll, I'll introduce it to everyone. And you might say, well, why are these people on the couch together? Yes. Well, we've got Hannah and Ethan, and they are together. <laughs> they are going steady. And so <laughs> Hannah and Ethan are going steady. It's I'm really, though. It's good. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to. Uh, and then we've got Talyn and Tyler, and they date. I was about to say they date the same girls. They don't. Which is not true. I was going to say they, date the, they don't date their – there are Ooh. two sisters, and they oh, no. each date one of them. That's what I was going to say. So they're able to share a couch.
1: The sisters are twins.
0: <laughs> then we've got William in the back. Say, Everyone say, what's up, Will? What's up, Will? Will's the OG. We've got Adam. And Adam's name, fun fact, in my phone is still to this day Adam Awesome. I don't know why it's in there that way, but he's the only person with the name Awesome in my phone. So That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe that's why. And then we've got the one and only Nikki Martin. What's up, Nikki? And then uh, we've got Eric Goodman. Um, Eric with the swag. <laughs> and then we've got Riverbend Doyle, and uh, he lives just around the Cedar Riverbend. And uh... come on, that was good, wasn't it? Was that funny? No, that, was, that was funny, no. right? Is it funny?
2: Hey. Funny.
0: Okay. And then last but not least, we have Michaela. And uh, you all know and love Michaela. And uh, so what we're going to do tonight is a little bit, we we want it to be conversational, want it to be fun, want it to feel like you're in the living room. So if you have your question, make sure that you're submitting those. And there's no question off limits. There's no question too light or too deep. Ultimately, um, when, when I think back to my life, informative moments at camp on a Wednesday night at youth at, at church in my friend's house with my leaders, all of those kinds of things, the most formative um, memories that I have, the deepest kind of God moments were in conversation. I remember times where I'd be up at 3, 4 in the morning at camp um, me and different leaders, and it, we, we would be talking about the things that we drunked about. We'd be talking about what we wanted to see in the future. We'd be talking about marriage. We'd talking about kids, all of that kind of stuff. And I remember those moments as so important and so special to me. And I'm hoping that tonight, this kind of conversation will spur on the same kind of stuff. So with that, uh, maybe we can start a little bit
3: lighthearted.
2: Let's do it. <laughs> what's going to be lighthearted?
3: Somebody asked left Twix
0: or right Twix. <laughs> left Twix or right Twix. Well, what's the answer? You know,
2: Both Twix. twix. <laughs> We're is, checking the question. Is there
0: a center Twix? Go to
4: slido.com.
0: Center Twix? No, okay, here's a real one. Here's a real question. What is your favorite cereal? We'll start with you Tillin. Fruity Pebbles.
5: Hey, that's also mine.
2: Wow. wow. <laughs> they have so girl, much so. in common.
0: <laughs> wow. No, I'm serious. That's mine too. Yeah. Fruity really? Fruity girls? Pebbles? <laughs> like, there's so many better cereals than Fruity Pebbles. Well, like, like, uh, everyone's gonna say, everyone on this stage is gonna say Cinnamon Toast Crunch. No. But like, Fruity no Pebbles no, is no, they're not. Better, so. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is like top forty maybe. What? This guy's it's good. gonna say like 40 Kellogg's 40 Raisin Bran. Waffle <laughs>
1: Bro, you're about to be like Pops or something Waffle Cr-
0: Pops is better than Cinnamon, See, Cinnamon Honeycomb's crunch. or something. Honeycomb is good. Honeycomb's good. Better than uh, Fruity Pebbles. Uh, special K with strawberries. I don't even know oh, oh, gross! That's in your top three? This is, this is y'all's <laughs> use faster, by the way. Crunch. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> All right, Adam, would you redeem it? Then what is your favorite? What's your go-to? Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch with red berries, peanut oh, butter, ouch. or standard?
6: Uh,
7: standard original
0: thank you standard is better than red berries no no Can with I give the berries of course the standard like yeah, regular captain crunch beats yeah. red berries every time how many of you oh, are you red berries people red berries people co- captain crunch
7: i don't discriminate I like them all. i want it all
0: <clears throat> what about you river you don't like cereal life cereal Life cereal. Love life cereal every morning. Love some life cereal. Joe,
1: what did your parents give you when you were a kid? Hey,
0: you guys date the same sisters, so shut up. (laughs) I'd rather eat life cereal. Yeah. Okay, so we've got we got a lot of questions, but we'll kind of start with a softball here. Um, He's the sound guy. So here's here's Bro, you have to say something good before you can drop the mic. Here's a good one. Um, And I think this is very relevant to the times that we're living in right now with with COVID and a lot of the tension that we feel. And, you know, even this week going into new levels of stay at home and lockdown and all that kind of stuff. How do you stay positive when every single day feels the same?
1: How do you stay positive when every day feels the same? the same. For me, I try very hard to surround myself with people that make me laugh. That helps. Even if you can't see them in person, that helps me stay positive. Yeah. Or like watching content that makes me laugh on YouTube. That helps. But then the content runs out, so... Oops.
2: I have my answer. Get, Get it. I feel like the, I've definitely felt that of like, okay, how do I stay positive? Cause everything's feeling the, like very monotonous, like you, the same day repeating itself or like the same month repeating itself. Like, I feel like this month is March again. I'm like, no way. Groundhog's year. This is not real. But I think actually rather than like having this mindset, like you have to stay positive. What I am coming to realize is that the best thing that I can do and have tried to do is to actually just feel what i'm feeling and if i'm not feeling positive that that's okay and i can feel po- i cannot feel positive but i just can't stay there 100 percent of the time yeah and so that's kind of what i feel like um rather than having the mindset of like okay how do i stay positive and like make every day a great day it's like well in a way some of the stuff you guys are going through as high schoolers and we're each going through in our own lives like it it's not a great day every time. Like, it's not always awesome. And I think that's okay to just acknowledge. And kind of like what William was saying, it's like, we have to um, ask ourselves, what are those things that are going to kind of allow us to help pull ourselves out of that funk because we just can't stay there. And so for me, that is remembering that whether or not you know maybe you're someone who's watching from online and you haven't been to church in a while because of covid or you're someone who's just you thrive in that school environment with the social aspect and like you don't have that is just to remember okay i might not have that but that support system still exists and i might not be able to like go in person and do the things that i used to do but that doesn't mean i can't reach out to those people and have a good laugh with a friend in a different way via facetime via whatever and it's almost like i feel like right now we're reliving like March and relearning how to engage like online again because of some of the new restrictions and just kind of depending on your circumstances so for me it's it's that just remembering like we don't have to force ourselves to be positive all the time but just remember kind of keep yourself in some checkpoints like okay if I'm um, staying low for too long how can I be reaching out to people and keeping those people who are going to give me a good laugh you know in my life and and re-engage with them so that i um and and be honest with them too about how you're feeling and i think people pull us forward
3: yeah that's great just to piggyback off of what michaela said real quick um i think that what you just touched on at the very end there uh, was what i was thinking um and i love that you said it's okay to not feel great all the time you know um but i love that you said bringing um share sharing like Picking your person, check, and, uh, and letting them in on what's going on in your, in your mind, you know? Yeah. I've had the chance to um, hear from a few friends that were not having such a positive time, and I myself have been able to um, share with even people on this stage about where I'm at um, during this like weird, super weird time. And I feel like that, just being able to release that a little bit, just being able to get it out there on the table, um, can help get you on the right path toward feeling a little more positive as time goes on. That's awesome.
0: I was just going to say, like, in this season, um, we we also have to remember that we're not in control. And so we got to give up what we feel like is our normal and let God come in and let let him be the one to take control of what we're feeling in this season. Because when we try to do it, then we're stuck and the season feels like, ah, oh, it's the same thing over and over again. But when we give it to God and let, let go of ourselves and give it to him, I feel like things start to change and shift. And maybe we're not looking at our day-to-day the same. Um, and then it's not the same because we're doing different things to pursue the Lord. That's great. We were, I uh, mean, a couple guys were doing a, a Bible study recently during Blank Space and uh, we were in Romans, I think it's three or four where um, it talks about Abraham and abraham was he's considered the father of faith right and how he was given a promise by god and god told him that um he would be the father of many nations and through his descendants god would you know redeem the earth and and would be you know so many people that you wouldn't even be able to count them more than the stars in the sky sand in the shore like and but then abraham got to like a hundred years old and still didn't see that promise and his wife was like 90 and was barren and nothing was happening but it said even though his body was as good as dead he he didn't disacknowledge the reality but he remembered that god was still faithful and was able to deliver on his promise and i think one of the things that we have to do is have to remember that the f- way we feel right now does not define our future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is not permanent. Like, we, a couple of us were in the office today, and, like, I just wanted to lay on the table. <laughs> like, and I was just like, I'm just done. It was raining outside, and it was just, and it's just like, I don't like the restrictions. I don't like the feeling of the times. I don't like it, but I know that it is not permanent. Yeah. And I think when we remember it's not permanent, it helps us to get, to get through um, a little bit easier. So, yeah,
4: sure.
0: Um, let's, let's keep... Um, oh, Riley, thank you so much. Can we give it up for Riley? He brought me my Bible. There's a, lot, there's a lot of different ones here, and I want to kind of come back to... Um, there's a lot about sex and purity... And, and that kind of stuff, and I, I would love to kind of touch on that a little bit, but I want to wait because that's some, that's some gold stuff, and, um, but I want to kind of stick with this theme a little bit. Um, someone's saying, a lot of people are saying this kind of thing, I was motivated early on to stay close to God. Now I don't really care. How do I reactivate my relationship with God when I don't even feel like I care? You guys, you guys probably haven't felt anything like that ever, huh? I was
3: going to say, first of all, it's okay to feel that and to, like, to question God. And, and if you haven't, um, if you've been a Christian for a while and you haven't had doubts and you haven't had questions um, and you haven't had things challenge your faith, like a global pandemic or anything like that, then, uh, then not to be negative, but, like, things will come. Challenges come, and that's, you know, I think we've all been through that. So, I think, first off, just to kick it off, like, that's um, normal. You're normal to feel like that. Practical how-tos. How to be motivated.
2: I think one thing I, um, with the question like this, with, like, when you need to like reactivate your relationship with God is just remembering that like even when we're distant from God and we have kind of just put our attention in other places or we haven't been active in that relationship it's not like God is any less less active like God has been moving and and active the whole time it's more about us just tuning back in and I feel like just if that is you I would just encourage you that It doesn't have to be, like, you have to take these 10 steps to, like, re-engage your faith, and then, you know, it will all be back to, like, that easy flow. It's more that you just make, like, you, in your heart, like, you really just say, okay, God, like, I'm, I'm tuning my ear back to you, and literally, it's as simple as, Every every day, every moment, we have that opportunity to go back to God and just acknowledge Him in our life. And I feel like, for me, when I have had those off just whole seasons where it's like I'm not acknowledging God in my life, the biggest thing I can do is just acknowledge Him. Like just acknowledge Him, and that in that moment when I realize it, like just pray and thank God, and just let Him know, hey, I I'm listening. I've been off, but I'm listening. And I think that in and of itself is like the simplest but best thing you can do. And I think sometimes we complicate it. But God didn't change. We just tuned out, I think, is what I've come to realize. great.
7: I I don't know. I would really challenge this thinking. Um, If you're feeling that way, again, to Ethan's point, it is natural. I've felt it many times. But when I'm in that season, I evaluate Am I trying to get something from God or am I serving him because I'm obedient? And am I giving to him instead of trying to just always receive? Because if we're going through seasons like we're going through and we're not getting what we feel like we deserve or we need, then it's easy to like, well, I'm just going to chill and I'm not going to do this anymore because it's not doing anything for me. But that's not what we're called to do as Christians. We're called to worship God and serve God in all things. And a few weeks ago, someone, I think during a take five, brought up Job. And Job served God in all of those seasons, all those things, all those rounds of temptation, all the things that happened, which are way worse than anything that we're going through. And if that's how we're going to be living our life and that's what we're called to do, then that's what we should be doing in this season. And so I'm not saying that it's not natural to feel like, oh, I'm just not feeling it. But then I would really challenge you on whether it's like, are you being obedient and are you serving God because that's what we're called to do as Christ followers? Or are you doing it because you're just trying to get something from God?
0: That's awesome. That's good, Adam. Uh, Tyler, maybe I'll hit you with this one um, just because, for no reason. (laughs) Um, One person, and it kind of tags on to what Adam was just talking about in that question, but recently I've felt angry, irritated, frustrated all the time, and I don't know why. And it gets worse sometimes at night, sometimes during the day I feel numb. What can I do?
5: I think you did ask me this on purpose. Um, so two weeks ago I was laid off and I think we have a couple people on the stage who have gone through something similar to that. And we're living in a season where we are going through drastic change and it doesn't just happen where we can see something coming. We go from, I don't think many of us woke up on Sunday morning thinking, wow, my life is about to change again. A a, a lot of us knew that something was coming again. We had seen the numbers and the spikes in cases. But a lot of us didn't envision like, oh my gosh, everything is shutting down again. But all of a sudden, it's there. And so I think what we have to remind ourselves with is that in these moments where something drastic takes place in our life, our response to have a... like. The desire to have a dramatic and drastic response to that is natural and is human. And so for us to say, wow, I'm really bothered by this, as we start to identify those things that, that cause us grief and cause us pain in our lives, we're able to move on from that. But it's okay in that moment to say, God, I'm angry. I think we look at prayer, and I think other people could probably touch on this too. We look at prayer as, I need to have this perfectly scripted, um, like something a 12th century monk wrote out on beautiful parchment um, while (laughs) humming for eight hours. And I don't think God wants us to have that type of relationship, that type of conversational. God wants to know in those moments when we're angry, like, I'm angry, I'm pissed off. I don't like how this is going. This isn't how I saw things. And so when we look at anger and when we look at resentment, I've been carrying a lot of that for the past couple of weeks, um, dealing with my job and dealing with this kind of betrayal in that season. And I just had moments where I was just angry. I wanted to punch a wall. Um, But what I've started to teach myself is, look, it's okay for me to be angry. It's okay for me to have these feelings similar to a lot of things, it's when I decide to act on those and act in an irrational way, like I'm experiencing these irrational things, that's where I get myself into trouble. And so if I can take and separate that, give myself five minutes. Give myself five minutes of grace. I think we could all lean towards giving ourselves five minutes of grace and then moving on with the right response.
1: Yeah, I also just want to echo, Tyler is brilliant. I think what he said is awesome. I think also, it's so important for you to find someone in your life who you can talk to about it. Um, because I think, especially at night, you get in this, like, bubble where you feel alone and you feel like no one else understands what you're going through. Your your thoughts are way louder than anything else that's going on. And uh, it's really, really important to, in that moment, stop that from happening um, and to reach out to someone that you trust, that you can talk to, Um it is supremely important to stop those sorts of habits from taking over your mind um, because they will, if you don't do something to stop them from doing that.
0: That's great. And I'll, I'll ask another one here in a second, but I think to just making decisions in the light before you go into the dark that, you know, when you're in the dark, you already know the decision that you made beforehand. So it's like when you feel the pressure, you're already anchored to a decision. So like, If the day ever comes where I I lose my job, if the day ever comes where I get broken up, I know there are certain things I'm allowed to feel, but there are certain things that I will not do. So she breaks up with me. I know one of my options is not to blast her on social media. So I made that decision beforehand so that when I feel like blasting her on social media, I already know... That is a decision I already settled. I won't do that, right? But I think sometimes we put off the decisions, and then when we're in the pressure, when we're in the dark, we make a decision, and you never make a decision in the dark. Mm -hmm. Make the decision in the light. Um, And maybe it's not with a relationship, but maybe it's when when your dad gets laid off. Or maybe it's when... um, you know, somebody says something about you and you overhear it and it hurts your feelings. Um, Maybe it's 10 years from now when somebody does something to hurt you, you forgive before it's ever happened. And that's just the way of Jesus. And that's what we do because then it keeps us soft and it keeps us from doing things in reaction. Instead, we're doing them proactively. Um, But, you know, sometimes we are in church, right? Right? We're in church. It's easy to fake in church. One person said, I feel like I put a a smiley face on all the time because I don't want to explain what's really going on. When have some of you guys experienced that? How have you navigated that? How have you come out of that? What would you say to somebody who's putting on the smiley face? Because there's a good and a bad to putting on a smiley face, right?
4: Mm
0: -hmm. Eric, What do you say to somebody who puts on the smiley face?
6: I think for me, a huge thing is just making sure that I'm reminding myself um, that not to put on a a fake smile, but to remind myself who I am in Christ. Ooh, that's good. And to remind myself that if, if I'm not acting in a way that is reflecting christ and what i'm doing then i'm missing it um and no matter what just trying my best to i guess push through it because there's no there's no perfect answer to how do you not put on a fake smile i think that it's i think that's a that's a tough question um but I guess don't be fake, you know? Be real with people. Be open and honest that something's going on. Um, reach out to people, kind of like William was saying, and, you know, ask for help. Because when you try and do it on your own, that's, that's when you're destined to fail. Um, but when you're, you're asking for help and you're reaching out to your leaders, to your friends, and you explain what's going on in your world, um, then that opens up opportunity for them to help you and to help you get through that. Um, yeah, I don't... Just to piggyback on this, this is why I'm such a huge believer in
7: small groups, Um, because it's so important to find your small group, find your tribe, find your, your people, where if you feel like, you know, if you come to UD on a Wednesday or you go to church on a Sunday and you don't feel like you can authentically be yourself, go find your three, four, five, six people where you can go be yourself and talk about what's really going on. If you don't feel like you can do that in a space, you know, with all these people, Um, I have a small group of guys. We've been together since uh, probably for the last seven, six, seven years. And it's been the single most amazing thing that's changed my life is even when I didn't live in Seattle and I was living in Phoenix, we still were in group chats. We still were talking about our problems. We still were, you know, encouraging and praying for each other. And so that literally is, is the biggest strength and thing that I can encourage you with. To Eric's point is, you know, you can't do it on your own. And so if you feel like you can't do that with, you know, a hundred people, a couple hundred people at UD or whatever, go find your six people in your small group and, and go do life with them and be, you know, find a place where you can be safe and, and talk about those things.
1: Can I add something real quick? Yeah. yeah. So also, no. I, I just want to, I just want to highlight something that he said, cause he said it really quick. You have to find people in your life that you can be who you actually are around I think it's really, really, really important. It's okay if sometimes you come in a certain circle of friends and you are a certain way. That is okay. It's not you being fake or you being weird. It is you just kind of realizing, okay, I can't be uh, this, like, says a weird joke type of person in front of all these people. But find your six people that you can be whoever you want to be around. And just I think it's really important.
0: I wanted to highlight that. Thank you. But then, uh, and I'll add even more to that, is be the kind of person that when you're not the small the the frowny face, that when your friend with the frown comes in, that you be the smiley face and lift. Not to force them to change, but to add value to them. Like misery loves company, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm sad, my human tendency wants to be around other people who are sad so we can sulk together. But I'm thankful for the people in my life that when I'm sad, they allow me to be me, so exactly what William was saying, but then they also encourage me, yeah. right? They, they're the, the one who adds laughter. Laughter is a good medicine. Scripture says that. And so rather than pulling you further down, they say, you're low, and I'm going to sit with you, but I'm going to make you laugh while you sit down here, right? Yeah. I'm going to make you smile. I'm going to add value to you so that you know that you're not alone down here, right?
2: Yeah. I'll add just one thing. So when I kind of heard this question, I've just been thinking about it, Um, what it reminded me of my own life is a situation I was going through in high school um, where I just held it in, right? And I was, you could say it was like having a fake smile when you're with people, but really when I think about it, it's like I, I wasn't having a fake smile with people, it was just that... Um, there's stuff that goes on, um, in our soul that not everyone can handle and it's not for everyone. And I think what you guys are saying about finding those close people, it's so true. And that's what these leaders on the stage are here for Yeah, is when you feel like, you know, I feel like I'm putting on this fake smile, but at the same time, who do I talk to? Like who can handle this? Because when you hear friends in your group talking about other people's problems in your group, we've all been there. You get that check in your mind and you're like, "Ooh, I can't share this because I'm going to get talked about when I leave, right?" And it, they're not bad people. They're not they don't mean to, but it happens, right? And so I also want to just encourage you guys. I know that's what it was for me when I was in high school. It's like I had some intense stuff going on that I couldn't look back and think, oh, I was being so fake. It was a fake smile when I was like leading this or doing that. It's like, it wasn't fake. It was just that in the public setting of UD with 100 kids at youth, that wasn't my time, right? I, I don't need to go and take what's going on in my world and put it on everyone else. Like, I am okay to come, to lead, and to allow those, those heavy things to like kind of fall by the wayside. And come in and just experience God and do what I need to do here. And then find those people who I can truly trust and who can kind of handle what's going on. And I would encourage you guys, too, if, if you're feeling that way. One thing we like talk, people talk about this in sports all the time. It's like, you know, leave it off the field or leave it off the court or whatever. And when you come in, you check in and you like, you know, you play the game and it can be your happy place. And I hope that for you guys who do come to UD and call UD home, that this can be your happy place. That you can come in and and kind of leave everything off the field and know that, um, you know, you don't have to do the fake smile, um, but you also don't have to put out there anything that you're not ready to process with the group, right? And it's okay to find that smaller group of people to share with who can truly help you. And for some of you guys, that can be, you know, a leader that maybe you just haven't um, taken that step to go say, hey, let's go get coffee or let's, I don't know, get coffee through the drive-thru and then talk through our window in the parking lot but, or FaceTime or whatever it is. But um, I would encourage you to take that step if you need to have those conversations for sure.
0: That's good. Hannah, I got one for you. Dating. Talk to me about it. Um, And there's a a bunch about this kind of stuff, but I want to segue into it.
2: Everyone's so quiet, but there's literally 900 questions about dating. So I know y'all are right I I need to hear some, like, yells.
0: Like, whatever. (laughs) If something's good, be like, that's good. (laughs) Hannah, talk to us about, uh, not just about Ethan, Like, what's your favorite? No, like, want, just want, just what do you like better? His Ethan. eyes, his smile. <laughs> Try not to just talk just tell us all about Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about Ethan. What's your favorite thing? Check. Um, just really quiet. Um, <laughs> um, why Ethan? What what attracted you to Ethan?
4: <laughs> I don't mean that. Don't talk about. Give Kim, yeah, break,
0: people. It's his
7: guitar skills. I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> is,
0: this is it oh, working? Is it off? Hello. Is it on? There it is.
4: Michaela
0: and I, not Ethan and I. Ooh, there it is. Okay, so you just opened the door. Um, How did you approach your relationship with Ethan at the beginning? Um, What were some of the the intentional decisions you made? Um, I know there's people in here. How many of you are dating, you have dated, or you want to date someone sometime, somewhere? Everyone. Everyone. So give us some wisdom in dating. This is something that we, we talk about a lot. It's something we haven't talked about in a little bit of time. It seems like forever since before COVID that we really kind of narrowed in on some of this stuff. So give us some wisdom on, on how to approach dating, how to date right, so that later in your relationship, you bear the fruit of that. Yeah.
4: Well, first off, I didn't have good relationships before, Ethan, and so I think... I have a unique framework for this specific topic. Um, Ethan and I have been dating for like two and a half years, but before that, um, when I was in college and even in high school too, I definitely, I wouldn't say, let me see how to frame this well. I definitely idolized what I wanted and tried to kind of like manipulate the situation, manipulate the guy, manipulate myself and my mindset. And I said, I conceded on things that were huge pillars in a relationship that I shouldn't have conceded on um, and I allowed negative behaviors and negative patterns to happen. And so when I decided to leave a very toxic relationship that I've been on and off for probably like two and a half years and I took, I chose to have a season of singleness. I was super um, intentional with that time, read a lot of books listened to a lot of podcasts, talked to a lot of friends, um, talked to a lot of mentor figures in my life about what I wanted. And genuinely, like, this sounds so cheesy, but I just prayed on and on and on and on for not only myself and that future relationship, but the specific person that God was going to bring into my life. And so I had been praying for Ethan for a year plus before I met him. And when we did meet each other, we both, like, shared our stories of our past and stuff. And it's so cool because we were both praying for each other, way before we met each other and so knowing what you want whether you learned it from something that you had that you didn't want whether it was a crappy relationship before or whether you look up to a mentor couple who has a great relationship that you're like I want that I want to mimic that I think knowing what you want and knowing what things you're not willing to compromise on is huge um yeah
0: that's really great so follow up to that and um Any of you guys can answer this, but for you first, Hannah, what did you do differently? I know you spoke to a little bit, you prayed, you were praying for him, you guys were praying for each other, which I think is such a huge lesson, like you have to know what you want before you get it, Um, so that when it comes, you know if it is, because a lot of, I see this a lot, and some of you could attest to this, um, because you didn't know what you want, you settled for not God's best, and if somebody's not God's best for you, it doesn't mean they're not God's best for somebody else. It just means if, like, if it's the wrong person, they are not God's best for you. Um, The girl that I dated in high school was not God's best for me, not to say that she wasn't. She's married now to somebody else doing great. She was God's best for somebody else, but not me. And I set. we both settled for each other. We both were. So what what was different this time around um, that maybe before we enter into our relationships that we can learn from?
4: Yeah. Um... I think what was different this time around is not only was I older and more mature and knew what I wanted, but I had a relationship with God. When I was dating people before Ethan, I did not. I knew God, but I didn't have a relationship with Him. And I think that that's huge. Um, there's a big difference between knowing God and having a relationship with Him. Just the same way that I know Michaela, but if I have a relationship with her, I get fed from that, and then in turn I get to feed her with that as well. And so having that relationship with God was huge. And then for Ethan and I, just like nitty-gritty down to details. When we first started dating, we were long distance. I was at college and he was here. And so, again, a very unique framework, but I think you can take something from this. We had to be a hundred times more intentional with our time that we spent together. And we had to have the hard conversations very fast. We had to set boundaries very fast. When you're away from each other for a month and you see each other for a weekend, it's hard not to want to jump each other's bones but you can't you know just to be (laughs) just to be frank with you you know you have to have those hard conversations and sometimes they can be awkward and feel like it's too fast but (laughs) (laughs) it has served us well in a sense that we know each other's boundaries and we respect them um But being able to be like, hey, I want you for the long haul, and I want to be with you. And so, like, what do you need in a relationship? What do I need? And how can we mimic that and make sure that we can best serve each other? And also, like, if Ethan and I didn't work, if we, like, had those conversations, we were like, it doesn't work. That's okay. And don't force someone to be something that they're not, because it's never going to work out, and you're only going to end up disappointing yourself.
0: That's great.
5: Let me add one thing to what she said, because there's, there's something about... What you talked about, that is really good. Um, every guy in this room, tonight, go home, take out a piece of paper, and write down every single quality you want to see in a spouse someday. Yes. I'm not saying, that. I'm, girls, you can do this too, but I would imagine a lot of you have already done this. Guys, it takes us a little more effort to get to that point.
0: Girls, raise your hand if you've done it. No, I'm just kidding.
3: Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm not off. Oh, my gosh. I did it before I met Hannah.
5: Okay, very good. So <laughs> I, I did this when I was in seventh grade. And I had that list up until I met my wife. And I still have that list. Um, but everything that fit onto my list was not like... My wife now did not hit everything on that list, and that was okay because I'm going to change as I grow and as I mature. But there were some things on that list that I said, this is who I am. This is who I'm, I'm going to be. Mm. This is what I believe. That will never change, and I need to find someone who's going to mesh with that. Yeah. My wife does not like mountain.